να σας ευχαριστώσουμε για την ωραία και θέρμη υποδοχή σας. Επιτρέψτε μου να σας ζήσω τους members of the panel. On my left I have uh, Vasilis Maroulis of, um, Citibank. of Citibank, Mr. Mr. Berendt um, Passman of DNB uh, Greek office, Demetrios Panagopoulos, Managing Director, Regional Head of DVB Bank SE, and finally, but not least, Christian Nizavant of HSH Nordbank. Now, um, during the uh, morning session, we had a variety of topics, and um, the text I would take from this morning's remarks was um, of Mike Kirk of RMK Capital talking about um, ship owners being smart, which, of course, they are. As we heard at lunchtime, they wouldn't have had the successes that they have had without that smartness. And um, today, this afternoon, we're going to talk about another set of smart people, um, namely bankers. And the um, expression I have just read recently in the press, which quite, is quite apt, I think, to describe the um, current trend in ship finance, is what's called smart capital. And I wonder if uh, we on the panel today can develop that. What I've uh, done with the panelists is um, pre-prepare them with some, with some questions, with some issues, um, which I think are relevant to um, the current state of shipping, and in particular Greek shipping. Um, and just starting from each of the panelists from left to right, briefly, um, I'd just like to ask you, um, just generally, as we, as we currently are and looking at the market as it stands, what's, what is your current strategy, your bank's strategy, in terms of asset classes, target clients, financing structures, etc., uh, bearing in mind um, capital adequacy ratios, so-called Basel for re upcoming requirements, etc.? So, let's see this. Thank you. Um, I think... Uh for, and I can only speak on behalf of Citibank. Uh, we, we, as a as a matter of principle, we we finance in, in a slightly different way to to many of our competitors, and, and that differential is the following: um, we are not uh, asset financiers; we are corporate financiers, which also have as part of our uh, financings, which take collateral. Uh, which in, in many in this occasion it's uh, specific asset classes on the shipping side. So as long as the corporate uh, which we analyze the, 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 the actual holding entity that consolidates uh, the corresponding fleet is of the requirements that we want. So therefore you know the, the lever the appropriate lever is the cash flow generation, the um, the backlog in terms of uh, future earnings, or if ultimately a, a fleet is operating solely on the spot side, appropriate leverage to be able to sustain that, then uh, capital allocation can be uh, provided, uh, and it's irrelevant of the asset class. So 
uh, what what drives the sort of funda the fundamentals behind every asset class, whether it's dry or tanker, LNG, container, LPG, which we are active across the board, um, is ultimately the LTV. So if it's a spot fleet, the LTV is slightly different to what, a, what it would be if you had long-term employment to an oil major or you know, a cargo owner that uh, is of uh, a very solid uh, credit rating. And uh, I think with regards to sort of the, the BAL4 impact to, to pricing, which I think, you know, the, indeed the rumors are what they are, and it, it could have a material impact for most of the banks, especially the European lenders, given that BAL4 does not provide the necessary capital relief for uh, the associated collateral. Thank you. Um, that's interesting, Vasilis. Actually, that, the expression smart capital came from your colleague, Michael Parker, so I don't, don't, I don't have any apologies for um, inventing it. So on to um, Berend. What's your views? Thank you. Yeah, our key focus will be um, on our kind of existing uh, core clients here in the Greek market. Uh, we will selectively look at maybe uh, a couple of new names. Uh, I kind of echo uh, what Vasilis said, like in terms of what we are looking for. We're looking for, uh, in, in the first place, we're looking for solid counterparties with solid principles behind them or have the ability and the willingness to support uh, companies through the downturn. And the specific asset class, whether it's a, a dry bulk tanker or a, a dry bulk or a, a tanker is less important than who the counterparty is. Uh, when it comes to Basel IV and new capital requirements, uh, I think that uh, DNB has been pushed by the, no the, the Norwegian regulator to be a little bit in front of the curve. So we have gone through an exercise in the last couple of years to build more equity, and we're probably one of the highest capitalized banks uh, in, in Europe at the moment. Um, uh, th what comes out of that is that profitability is becoming far more important for us. So we will be more steered on doing profitable deals unless we won't have a mandate like go out and lend two or three billion in the market. It will be find the profitable deals. And that's a, that's a shift. And I think that more banks will move into that direction in the coming years. Well, from my part, uh, DVB is a global transportation lender. Uh, so we have expertise in the sector. Uh, almost 40% of our portfolio is shipping. Um, so we do a variety of asset classes. We can look at uh, tankers, LNG, dry bulkers, container ships, any asset class uh, that the Greek market uh, is involved with. We also have a wide range of clients. So we don't only concentrate on corporate clients, of course, but um, we can do traditional um, Greek uh, uh, structures lending with management company guarantees. Um, we, can, um, we can finance uh, private equity if, if a Greek client is involved, of course. Uh, we, can, we finance leasing companies. So we're involved uh, uh, in a wide range of clients. And for us, what matters is uh, the structure. So we can consider anything. Uh, but uh, the structure and, and uh, the financing terms will be uh, tailor-made for that particular product. 
I think coming to Basel IV or regulatory environment, I think Basel IV for us, it's a bit further away. It has been pushed forward uh, and watered down, I believe, a bit. But I think what matters for the regulators is that uh, they are scrutinizing uh, everything. Uh, and uh, for us, uh, what affects us is uh, changes to our rating models, um, the way we look at uh, things. So there has been some changes uh, due to regulatory oversight uh, and the way we look at things uh, in the market uh, recently. Um, there's not that much that I can't add to what was said, however, and I read this article uh, that was in Tradewinds of Michael Parker that he said smart capital. What is smart capital? I have no clue. Uh, be it uh, banks investing in perfect companies or be it smart bankers, I have no clue. But I have an idea. Uh, smart capital could be that capital uh, that or that bank that, that learned the lessons from the past. I mean, that is very irrelevant these days for all of us here because all the banks here on the panel today have had their lessons to learn, and this we did. did. Um, we are still in the business. We do basically any type of asset available, uh, not necessarily offshore these days, but apart from offshore, everything that is typical maritime, seagoing, tonnage refinance, uh, however, at a much uh, more conservative, in a much more conservative way. Uh, by doing this, we have developed our portfolio over the years since 2011, since we have restarted the business. Um, we have done in Greece uh, a lot of business over the last years, and therefore I'm very often astonished when people ask me, are you still in business or are you back in business? It's a little bit astonishing. We do a lot. Um, when it comes to the regulatory framework, the problem, the big, big problem is that all of ourselves here report to the European Central Bank and the European Central Bank in particular when it comes to the German uh, shipping environment, they have kind of uh, seen all the losses taken by the, by the, uh, by the European, uh, by many of the European um, uh, ship financing banks and that they have latest, uh, last year they have again adjusted uh, the uh, components when it comes to application of the rating and this makes things very difficult. So as per now, um, as a general matter, uh, we are still very interested in doing business because among all the other business lines in the bank, shipping is a very profitable but risky business. Um, we prefer to do um, corporate style uh, transactions. However, we are still there to do the pure asset uh, style. Um, uh, we are currently working on solutions because this uh, came, this, this rating element and uh, the effect of the European Central Bank uh, slash the authorities, the banking authorities, only came up recently. So we have to work on this situation. We are, we are, we are eager to continue our business, in particular in Greece because Greece is, our, is one of our most important markets in the world and we would like to continue uh, the Greek business. However, it can happen over the time that, uh, that Greek shipping companies are well advised to look into uh, to corporate structures in the future rather than to pursue permanently and always the pure asset uh, structure. Thank you all. Um, just. Uh, Leading on from that, um, talking about the, the asset, pure asset finance structure, again, this has echoes of, uh, of the final of Michael Kirk's talk this morning. Um, can we talk about, if we may, um, the potential consolidation of the current um, diffuse, and it's attractive because it is diffuse, 
uh, state of the, of the Greek shipping market. And if you see that there could be advantages to um, the, the consolidation of enterprises to be more, um, as you say, um, Christian, uh, of, a, of a corporate affair, is that a realistic prospect? And if it was, if it was would that make it more attractive to um, a financier? Uh, Vasilis. I think, um, look, uh, there, is a, there is a common misconception, which is, you know, uh, and that size, size, of course, is important, but at the same point in time, size does not always mean that uh, it comes with quality, and it also does not mean that the credit worthiness of a company is driven by its size. Um, ultimately, us as shipping financiers, this is what we are looking for. We are looking for quality operators with sizable uh, operations and then you, you, you have every sub-segment within the shipping space uh, is, is treated differently. Now as in, on the tanker space for example the barriers to entry are becoming larger and larger and therefore consolidation in the way potentially that Euronav is, uh, you know, is as everyone knows acquiring generate and what that will drive and also on the LNG space where you are looking at very high operational barriers to entry and therefore your know, scale makes sense. At the same point in time, there are other segments of the shipping space which, you know, you can have a very decent, high quality operation which is extremely credit worthy and therefore capital can be allocated. So on the one end, of course, size is important because you, you have the the economies of scale, you have the, the ability to apply pressure to get better terms, not so much with regards to the charter rates, but so in terms of your costs. But at the same point in time, I would not say that size is the number one factor uh, when one takes into consideration and uh, analyzes the credit worthiness of a corporate. Yes. Berend, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I, I agree, but at the same time, what we see in the in the market today is that, like many of the of the active banks, seem to be targeting kind of the same group of of, of companies in the Greek market, and these are more the, the larger the larger companies. And, and even, I mean, there's another panel about alternative sources of funds, but even the Chinese leasing houses seem to have a, a preference for the larger uh, setups. Uh, what we're also seeing is that having um, a corporate structure is, is getting more and more uh, important. Um, banks have, like, uh, in many cases, a different capital treatment for a more traditional SPC uh, structure than for a corporate structure. And, and you know, sometimes it, it, it doesn't make sense because the, it can be a very good quality operator with a good owner who puts in... Uh, equity in the, in the difficult times, but still you're being treated different by the models. And, and from a compliance perspective as well, regulators and compliance departments uh, have far more scrutiny on you know, the, the traditional SPC model than on uh, the more corporate structure. So th those are two trends that we see in the market. Yeah, I would say more or less the same things. Uh, of course, we deal with small companies or startups or joint ventures. So, uh, yeah, size is only one of the considerations, and you certainly adjust the terms uh, in accordance with uh, with what your client is. Uh, I just want to point out one thing that I think, Baron, you just briefly touched upon. 
because of the regulatory environment now, whether you have a $5 million dollar loan or a $50 million loan or a client is, 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 is the same thing. You have the same requirements. You have the same more or less um, uh, things you have to go through. Uh, and uh, so it's economies of scale play a role here. Uh, in, in, uh, and I think consolidation has taken place if we see numbers uh, courtesy Petrofin. Um, uh, not only through M&A, of course, but uh, I think uh, big companies have become bigger and maybe smaller players have gone out of business. I think we see a more concentration. Um, the average number of vessels has increased uh, the last three, four years. So th th this is a factor. Yeah, from my side, when it comes to consolidation, um, first of all, uh, we had, I cannot uh, state that we had better or worse uh, experience with smaller or larger companies. There's not a clear correlation from my perspective. So in particular here in Greece that we have a lot of companies, mid-sized companies with a fleet of, let's say, four to eight to, 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 to ten uh, ships, we have made very good experience. When it comes to the banking side and consolidation, uh, first of all, don't forget that uh, the, uh, the quality of a banking portfolio is characterized by the level of granularity or by diversification. So it's, uh, in particular in shipping, which is an extremely volatile business, it, it makes a lot of sense to have a very granular portfolio, which would speak for smaller entities. The other element is scale, as you said, scale on the side of the bank as well. If you look into, into this, if you see banks nowadays, the traditional banks nowadays, and the, the banking industry, it's all about cost saving. So when it comes to that, yes, um, it would be positive to, scope, to, 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 uh, to cope with, let's say, transactions 50 million upwards instead of 8, 9, 10 million. But again, this is again then at the expense um, of the granularity of the portfolio. However, I think uh, still shipping, where we, which the world of shipping starts in our understanding with a, with a, with a transaction of, let's say, 10, 10 million US dollar, and in light of what you can earn with the company in, in light of the volatility, um, it, needs, it needs anyway, it's, it's, it's value to, to have a transaction of 10 mil in your book. So from that side, I would say I would go for the granularity, although I'm, I'm fully aware of the costs behind smaller transactions. When it comes to the market, in, coming from Germany in particular, we have seen a tremendous consolidation. We have seen the necessary consolidation with the liner companies. We are about to see a tremendous consolidation when it comes to the German management companies. Um, uh, we, have, we have just recently learned that um, Eric Rickmers had has sold his ship management entity to a Bremen-based group, Seaborn. So there we have a tremendous consolidation in order to save costs in particular in, in a nice high salary country like Germany. Um, there's another element that will definitely be in f or will drive the consolidation apart from the, from the cost element and that is the, the market balance because we have seen that on the container side where hundreds of very fragmented ship owners uh, in the container industry had to negotiate with nowadays 10 plus liner companies. So from that perspective 
there has to be a consolidation to, to balance the, for, the forces and, and the power on both sides, supply and demand. Um, the same, I think, I've heard that the same will definitely um, happen in the, in the bike sector, because in the bike sector, if you look at the strong charters in the world, the final users, uh, the Rio Tento and the likes, uh, nowadays they are basically negotiating their terms with hundreds of small ship owners. So from that perspective, I think it is advisable to consider consolidation on the side of the ship owners in Greece. And last but not least, if I consider the tremendous uh, environmental regulatory um, necessities that, that we face nowadays, it's unbelievable. And I ask myself every day how a shipping company with just four ships can manage all these requirements and, and comply with all the, the requirements uh, when it comes to that. So from that perspective, I think, and we are very well behind that, that the, the market, even the, the dryback market, because the Greek market is very much characterized by, by the dryback market, will see a consolidation as well. Thank you very much, all of you, for, the, for those very clear answers. Um, just taking up your point, Berend, um, which leads us on to the alternative sources of capital point. You mentioned Chinese leasing companies. Uh, obviously, we've got private equity um, companies coming in. And indeed, um, there are no doubt several companies in this room, representatives of, whose companies have benefited from the injection of um, outside capital and friendly and profitable partnership arrangements with such providers. However, we have here on my left, we have here representatives of four of the world's most um, enduring commercial banks financing shipping. And um, I'd like to ask you all now, um, do you see such alternative sources of provision of capital um, in any way uh, impinging on your roles in the future? Vasilis. I mean, from, from our end, I, and this is a, an absolutely honest uh, view, uh, we don't see them as competition. There are transactions that they are pursuing, uh, which potentially we would consider also, but at the same point in time, under no circumstance do I perceive Citibank to be competing against the uh, Chinese leasing houses, or any leasing house for that matter. Uh, we see them as entities which are there, uh, they are filling a void, uh, a void that has been caused by the retraction of quite a few of the traditional uh, shipping financiers. And there are quite a few institutions, we're not the ones that are here present in the panel, but quite a few that are no longer uh, there to provide any sort of capital. That has uh, created a void, especially in the Greek shipping uh, market, and therefore I welcome uh, their involvement, their participation, the capital that they're providing. Now, I need to sort of state that you know, it is indeed the case that these, uh, the leasing houses can provide extreme amounts of leverage and quite high pricing. Those structures need to be very carefully uh, considered and hopefully serviced so that this capital is indeed here to, to stay rather than uh, for them to, to realize that there are back-to-back -back defaults and they retract also. Um, so, in, in my view, I, I, I sincerely welcome the, the, the capital that they provide, and uh, as I said, we don't consider them as competition. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Vasilis. We also see them as uh, complementary, uh, you know, uh, with like 
some specific exceptions they seem to be kind of targeting other risk return parts of the of, of the spectrum and um, we see them actually as quite useful for our clients as well if they want to sell a ship after older ships uh, that kind of smaller ship owners have access to financing to be able to buy these ships so they help our clients as well uh, and we see it as a as a business opportunity on, on the investment banking side we have been helping uh, our clients uh, arranging these types of leasing structures and and also helping place uh, private private debt placements or bonds uh, with these alternative sources of financing Yes, I can only agree as well. Uh, it's mostly complementary for us as well. Uh, it's very rare that we cross lines uh, sometimes. Uh, and I think, you, you said it all, uh, I think the need for high leverage is what drives that. I mean, uh, you mentioned smart capital. For us, smart capital is boring senior debt up to 60%, maybe unless there's long-term employment or a very strong corporate. So. There's a gap between the 60 and the 80, or if you want more, you know, it's equity, then you go to private equity. So I think, I think this, is what the, this is what's driving this. And, and again, it's complementary for us as well. We work uh, with uh, clients. Yeah, when it comes to alternative finance, and apart from just uh, Chinese, all the other means like IPO and bond business, I remember very well when I did my traineeship with Deutsche Bank. And, and in the credit department, and they, uh, there was always one question when we um, uh, evaluated the credit worthiness of a company, and one question was, what type of uh, alternative funding channels has the respective company? Apart from just working with Deutsche Bank, what other banks do they have? What other access, for example, capital market they have? So all in all, when you look at the funding or financing scheme of a company, it's, uh, it's from my perspective, uh, it's more a, a sign of strength that they have access to all these means, which again says that what we just were discussing for, beforehand, what means consolidation, because by having consolidation, you get, uh, you may gain, you may, you may qualify for the capital market. So all in all, alternative financing is very interesting, even from the <coughs> bank's perspective, when they, whenever they evaluate the quality of a company. Um, when it comes to Chinese lease, we discussed yesterday already about that. It's it's the question whom it's the question whom it's it might benefit from that. Um, yes, it's there. It's an alternative. Uh, however, it's it comes along with uh, high leverage, and the question is after all the things that was said here, whether high leverage is good or bad, because high leverage is something that we would not do, and I, I'm I'm um, I'm fair enough uh, and convinced enough after all the, uh, the experience that we have made over many, many years of financing, ship financing, there's one thing that we have not forgotten, that shipping is an extremely volatile business. And uh, there's one particular element when it comes to the quality of the financing, and that is the, the leverage, the loan to value. And by doing a Chinese leasing structure, the same <coughs> ship owner decides to go into a highly leveraged situation. Whether that is advisable or not is a question. Yes, he can do more projects. <coughs> he can do four instead of two projects because the inserted equity is lower from his side. But he is in an extremely, extremely highly leveraged situation. Plus, do not forget, um, the ship financing via a leasing structure will not lead to ownership. He is not the owner of the ship, but he is as a lessor, he is using the ship with all the rules behind that. But it's there. 
it's not a, it's not a fierce comp competitor of the banks. Here I can agree with, with my colleagues. Thank you. Going on to a completely different topic now, um, environmental matters, um, sustainable shipping, which is the current buzzword. Um, as many of you know, effective 1st January 2019 is coming into effect the ship recycling regulation in, in Europe, uh, which will mean that from that date, um, EU flag vessels can only, only be sold for, for scrap, for recycling, to an, an approved recycling facility, um, which will take out for many um, owners of such vessels the options currently available of um, sending the vessel to the Indian subcontinent. Now, I have noticed in recent um, months that um, bank term sheets are including an obligation on the part of ship owner borrowers to observe um, the provisions of the, of the ship recycling regulation. Um, we've also seen recently, you may have read in Tradewinds, the um, statement of the Norwegian um, State Pension Fund um, actually naming companies with whom it will not deal because they do not, uh, in their view, observe um, green recycling policies. Now, I'd just like to um, take your views, uh, panel members, on how you, as institutions in the public eye and with, with stakeholders and with, um, with um, NGOs looking at your behavior, how do you, um, in your way, uh, deal with such issues? Berend, how about you? Yeah, now for us, it's, it's becoming very important. As you say, many of our stakeholders are actually requiring us to put kind of these uh, CSR issues kind of high up in the agenda, not only our shareholders, but also our employees and, and deposit holders. I mean, it, it would be, I think, a, a major uh, public relations disaster for the bank if we finance a ship, it goes to a, a scrapyard in Southeast Asia where they don't have very high uh, safety standards an accident happens with fatalities and it's over in the front page of the newspapers the next day implying that we are uh, the DMB is, is sustaining uh, these these practices so we, we kind of uh, we signed up to uh, a group of banks have like set up this sustainable ship recycling standards uh, it's a couple of Dutch banks Scandinavian banks and other banks are looking to join that as well um, that will have, as you say, we will be asking our clients in term sheets for certain uh, stipulations like green passporting, and we will ask the owners to put more emphasis on sustainable uh, scrapping. So it's not something that will go away. Um, regulations are, are, are one thing, regulations that are being, you know, are required by governing bodies, uh, whether it is the EU, the US, or whatever else, you know, the IMO. That's one story, and of course we, we, we require our clients and the clients that we provide capital to to be in full compliance of all the relevant regulations. Now, to, to go to the... I, 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 I uh, as Vasilis, and also I think for the time being Citibank, do not want to go to the other extreme where we 
begin to influence how our clients do business and the commercial decisions or operational decisions that they, they have to make. So, so on the one end, I think all of these um, new requirements are extremely important and, and new initiatives and new points of view and how that makes you more attractive for, for either different banks or you know different investors or different pockets of capital. But at the same point in time, for the time being, you know, we require our clients to be in full compliance with all the relevant regulations, but to go over and above that is, I think, a step too far, at least for the time being. Interesting. Um I know DVB is also part of these initiatives. Um, apart from being politically correct, uh, we do, you know, want to support uh, our clients to, to think green and and try to introduce uh, measures. Uh, of course, the loan agreement also provides for <laughs> security other clauses that any new regulation uh, is adapted. Uh, uh, I think that's all we can say from us. I mean. It is uh, the scrapping element in the ship, shipping environment is, a, is a, a thing that everybody knows about the risks that um, um, that are faced with with scrapping at beaches. And if I look at uh, the extremely high security standards that are applied to running a ship, it is a little bit under, not understandable that when it comes to the scrapping obviously other standards are applied and from that perspective for us as bankers as well as for our customers it must be a natural and logical step to to look at that element as well um, and and therefore we as a bank are considering to do the to pursue the same approach like my colleagues here from dnb and dbb to apply particular clauses and to have a serious discussion with our customers what is their plan when it comes to scrapping although i know that a ship has a lifetime of 25 years uh, or even longer, and we do. A, if we do a financing nowadays, I mean, this might be the same with you guys. We are. We, we like to have ships younger than 12 years. So even if we take a 12 years old vessel, there's a high likelihood that the ship will be sold and traded in, in third parties' hands af afterwards. So the influence is very indirect of what might happen at the end of the lifetime of a ship. But yes, we apply to this policy uh, as well. Thank you very much. Christian, actually, while you're on, um, obviously HSH Nord Bank has been in the news. Um, can you just tell us what the developments are with the planned privatization process? Yeah, after, after many years that we have been in the press, and unfortunately fortunately not always with brilliant news, uh, the things have changed now. Um, the bank has to be, or our, our owners have to sell the bank. Our owners being the federal state of uh, Schleswig-Holstein and the free and Hanseatic state of Hamburg. They, they, they run the process. Uh, we su support them by that. And the bank has to be sold and the bank will most likely be sold uh, by end of this month. We expect the signing. And for the people reading the newspaper, they might know even more than we do. There's a high likelihood that we will become an American bank afterwards. Um, that sounds at first glance a little bit kind of interesting. <laughs> um, however, uh, this is a process which has been um, prepared for a while. 
the positive thing is that the expected uh, price is much better than expected at the very beginning of the process. At the very beginning of the process, it was said that it, um, it needs at least one euro. The price must be at least one euro. And the figures that I have read, read in the press are much higher than the one euro for the, for the bank. Um, and uh, this privatization um, uh, will give the former Landesbank an entirely new face. And uh, with the new shareholders on board, we expect uh, enormous chances to do new things and to develop uh, uh, new things to do. However, when it comes to, uh, to our business model, we expect this will more or less be continued. Currently, we are active in shipping. I think we will continue shipping. However, as I said, at a more conservative uh, level, we will continue all the other business fields at, at, as well. I expect that we will become um, more international in, in the future. I mean, on the shipping side, we are already a global operating bank, but when it comes to real estate or uh, infrastructure, renewable energy, I think the bank will again become operate more in, at an international base. Is there a concept of a so-called good bank and a bad bank? Is, in other words, are there, are there um, portfolios that are not going with the sale? No. Uh, as per now, uh, the bank, the whole bank will be sold, um, i.e. the so-called core bank and the non-core bank. Um, however, uh, one should not forget that the, this element of non-core has been reduced tremendously. I mean, the, the main part of the non-core bank was the non-performing part of the portfolio, um, and this we have uh, significantly reduced um, over 2017. In uh, end of 16, we had 13 billion in non-performing exposure in the bank, and by end of 2017, we stood at 6 billion only. By end of 2018, we expect this figure to stand at 2.8 which means basically that the, the whole discussion, what happens to the core bank and to the non-core bank, will more or less fade away over the time. Um, I expect that, that's, it's not a big topic for us. However, uh, um, at the end of the day, let's say beginning of 19, I expect we will look at, uh, at the core bank and the non-core bank is more or less gone. Christian, that's very interesting insight from you. Thank you for that. Um, we have three minutes left in our slot. And I'd like to say, um, anybody in the, in the floor would like to ask some questions of our panel? Any views? I apologize, I'm not Tony Rice. He couldn't make it. So I'm here in Greece to replace him. Um, anyway, so it looks like there are no questions. You've um, been a very um, interesting and important.